Good people of Los Angeles, welcome to another episode of the FCFC FSA FSA pod. Here, amidst the bright glow of the buttons of our road caster podcaster, we are using for the first time ever four individual mics, headphones over our ears, and we have LAFC's own lens in the bends, spy in the sky, man with the camera camera on his arm questions being asked answers coming forth yuli is on the pod <laughs> i didn't know where i was going with that one and i appreciate the patience on this intro and we're drinking tea we're talking travel we're talking korea we're talking football identities based on cultures from which the players come we're talking papa cristo's thursday night dinners and josh spice takes us back to 2009. Mm. We all went back to 2009 with him Good earlier year. in the pod. That was fun. Uh, no, it was a great conversation, as always. Uh, the last pod we're doing in person before I go to Japan for a little while. So it's been a treat, and we hope you enjoy it. Slim, do you want to hit him with the warning? Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the backyard, so you're going to have the normal background noise, helicopters flying, cars driving by, Kobe acting like a crazy dog in the backyard. And as per usual, we do have potty mouths. We do intend to use them. So if you're at work or around children where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, this is probably a good time to stop listening. Buy the dip, motherfuckers. FCFC. Sheesh. Light that candle. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean thicky, Slim, sitting across from me in his freshly old new kit from Saturday's football is Josh Sexy Spice. Spice! <laughs> to my left is the bearded one, the dweez. Oh my god, the soundboard's back. To my I right, said I wasn't going to touch it. You, you have to. We have to. We got headphones. We're, we're, we're running a new setup, guys, so we might sound a little clearer and shit. We might sound a little clearer. We also might sound a little worse. We yeah. don't really know. And if you don't like the sound of our voices, then you're shit out of luck. So fuck you. Can yeah, I there's straight up no excuses anymore. If you don't like the sound of our voices, yeah. this no, is probably the listening. end. But the one thing I do want to say is I apologize in advance that people won't be able to hear the sounds of the backyard as clearly anymore. You know what? We'll figure it out. I'm sure the ghetto bird is still going to come out pretty loud let's find out but back to our guest a, a very special guest um i mean we love creators in the backyard we, we love that uh we we can trust people to to tell our story and and we can relive some of our favorite experiences over the years thanks to people like this gentleman we have the lens of of the club Mr. Ulysses Roman in the backyard this evening. Hey, can we take a can we take a shot of uh, a ceremonial Korean shot? Well, do we want to talk about spirit? What what we're drinking? Soju. 
Not only this is soju, this is soju from my mother's hometown. This is for real. Hanlazhan soju from Jeju. It should be stronger. Your mom's from Jeju? Yeah, she is. Hey. We're a little island people over here. Island nations. The island people are always a little more chill than the city people. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and we're and into more um, weirder sex stuff for sure. Whoa, this oh. is much. This is much better than the soju we had earlier. It's because it's from Jeju. Yeah, hey, man. Are we island chilling right now, bro? Well, we should be chilling in the islands more often. Yeah. Well, Peninsula gang still, you know what I mean? But, um, Dweez, I mean, I feel like you, you've lost your train of thought because we're in a new setup, but, uh... Oh, I don't lose my trains of thought. Oh. The setup my looks great, of by the way. Me. Does it? Yeah. Sounds good. Looks good. Back thank you. Thank good. you. Kobe's got a soccer ball in his mouth. He, he does home. love soccer. He, he just loves balls. My boy loves balls. So... Yuli has asked me many questions for many different recordings yes, over, over time now. But I finally get to ask him a question for a change. What's your oldest football memory? Oh, man. <clears throat> oldest football memory. I think it would be my dad used to play. And I'd go when he'd take me with him. And, uh, I mean, that's how I got into it, but... It's either, you know, me on the field as he played, and then as soon as that halftime or final whistle blew, and me and the, the kids, the sons of the other guys on the team, would run onto the field to kick a ball around or whatever until the ref blew for the second half. Um, yeah, either that or the 94 World Cup. I vividly remember, actually, that miss. That miss. Roberto Baggio? That, yes. that miss? That miss. Shout out Vince. Shout out. Shout out <laughs> I was probably feeling a lot of different ways than a lot of people are here listening. And <laughs> was it was it Pierce or Benny that, that it was Benny that ripped up his body? Yeah, one of, card. one of my I mean it's not my oldest, but one of my older football memories is my cousin had the Roberto Baggio playing yeah. card from Tops or whichever Benini. whatever he was. I had Romario and we were like going head to head in that game and Baggio missed and he just ripped the card up See, as soon as he missed. Here's the thing, like Carlos Vela is going to miss PKs. Ronaldo's no, he's not. Why, why He'll never that, miss bro? PKs. Why he's already missed PKs. Why are you putting that negative energy out there? All I'm trying to say His hair is, will always be perfect. All I'm trying to say is if you miss a PK in the, in, in the World Cup final, other players are bound to miss, and it's going to be all right. Nothing's going to be worse than missing it in the World Cup final and losing it for your team. So, Damn, this already turned really dark. <laughs> This is what soju does. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's some realness there. There's Koreans are a little dramatic. <laughs> you know, we don't have a whole line of dramas for nothing. Wait, so before we started recording, you, you two were talking about your mutual, sh you know, slices of the city pie kind of grew up near each other. Yeah. Yeah, I live in the beautiful... Uh, if you didn't know any better, you would think it's this great, beautiful oasis. The <laughs> land of Hawaii. Hawaiian Gardens. Hawaiian Hawaii Gardens. Hawaii <laughs> Gardens. So are these are these pitches that you're going to with your pops in Hawaiian Gardens? Uh, in the beginning, yeah, some of them. I mean, I played there as a kid as well, but um, I don't recall where we were going. Mm. I was, I was so young. Probably Regional Park in <laughs> Cerritos. But as you got older, did he keep playing? He played up until he couldn't play anymore because of his knee or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. But then, you know, I, I've been playing since I was a kid, so my dad always worked Saturday mornings, but I always remember, like, being out there and the whistle would blow. Right before the whistle would blow, I'd look around and see if my dad was there yet. Mm -hmm. 
and I wouldn't see it. I was like, fuck. But then, you know, whether it was in play or like a stop ball or whatever, I just hear this whistle and I knew it was there. It was the coolest thing. Mm. Like wow. I just knew it by his whistle and it was like, all right, cool. Dad's here. You know? Damn, so. he trained you like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't know in Korean culture, but like in, in Mexican culture, like everything. Oh, no, in Korean like cultures, they don't show up to your games. <laughs> <laughs> I never looked around for my parents when I played games because they were never there. No, I remember. They, my mom just dropped me off and she was like, all right, I'll pick you up in two hours, you little fat fuck. <laughs> no, every Mexican dad has a unique whistle to them. This it's like, is true. It's like a unique barcode. And so you, you, you learn it and. For, yeah. for me, it was always like, I always knew when he was there, and it was just, I don't know, it just made me happy to know that he was there. Damn, you know what's funny? Is it made me, what, you were going to say No, something. mine's the exact opposite. Like, we know the angry voice and the angry face, and, like, oh, whenever you too. hear or see that, <laughs> I mean, we, we don't, they, yeah, we don't get a whistle. <laughs> mine's, the, mine's the other exact opposite, because when it comes to the whites, there was, like, <laughs> there was just, like, my mom was so overbearing when she would cheer. That after one of my games, I had to tell her, like, you need to stop. Like, you need to stop cheering for me. It drives me crazy. It makes me cringe when I'm on the field. Because she was just so overbearing with it. You know? And so she stopped after that. And I actually, like, we had, it was like a fallout. <laughs> when I was young. Very young. But then, like, you know, things recovered later. But, yeah. Overbearing. My mom later. is <laughs> hypercritical. Like, when we go to, like, like, Lakers or, like, Clippers games or whatever. Hypercritical. Like, like. She'll just sit there if they miss a free throw. Like, what? Did, what did they get paid all this money for? Like, what are they? What are they doing? Like, she'll just sit there and talk oh shit. Oh my the god! Whole time. Free throws piss off Korean parents. Oh man. my! Miss free throws. There's nothing like it. It's a Why? fucking. It's it's like hitting the lottery for them. It's like it's, it's a free, free throw. It's free, mother ass. Oh, yeah. No, my mom gets pissed when they miss free throws. Like, like sh- sh- counting their pockets. Like you're a piece of shit, dude. Like you don't deserve your money. You don't deserve your lifestyle. Like, my mom gets pretty, like, aggro. So she wasn't a big fan of Shaq, was she? Oh, no, no, no. She hated Shaq. <laughs> she, well, yeah, like, I'm I'm glad my mom didn't come to many, met, like, of my games because she would have just been like, why aren't you running? I'm paying for you to run. Because <laughs> I was fat. So the lesson here is have Mexican parents because then they'll come and cheer your games in the right way. Hell and yeah. you'll want them there. Yeah, but then they criticize you too. Okay. I mean, you don't... Really, what are you hearing from your dad, man? So you hear the whistle first, and then I'm guessing that he gets into the game when you're you're running up and down the pitch. Like, what? Uh, what what's yelling at you? Worse than for me or the, the, my teammates, I mean, think about it. We're seven years old, right? I mean, we're having fun or whatever. I felt worse for the coach at the time because <laughs> you've, got, you've got every kid's dad on the sideline basically coaching from the sideline. And then you look at coach and he's just like trying to get his message across. (laughs) And it gets to the point where you don't want to listen to anybody because they're just, you know, like you said, it's just like, all right, y'all need to chill. So, but yeah, I mean, if we won, nothing. And if we lost, you heard it the whole way home. Yeah, man. (laughs) I mean, we just talked about Slim's weaknesses on the field, but uh, what's, what, what were some of your strengths and weaknesses as, as a kid and as a, as a youth growing up in, in the, in the, uh, the youth footy scene? Um, early on, I played forward, and I was, I was pretty good at just kind of finishing. Good hair, good teeth. He's got to be a forward. Nah, as I got older, I I, I started dropping back. <laughs> um, right footed, my left foot was never the strongest, although I did work on it. Speed was probably not my my best. Really. Um, and so. Early on, I started. Here we go. Early on, I started. <laughs> fall, I started following Arsenal, and I was like twelve yes, or thirteen years old. Yes, you did. 
And at the time, Dweez, you'll remember back in like 03, yep. when Fabregas was just getting on the scene. Fabregas is just like a little bit older than me. And I was like, dude, this guy is ridiculous, you know? And the thing is, like, much like the rest of the Spanish national team at the time, they weren't big guys. They weren't strong, fast guys. It was just, it was up here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I had to realize, you know, I was, it's about trying to work on technique and, and just touch and pass. Like, that was my thing. Give me the ball, I'll give it right back to you. Give me the ball, I'll give it right back to you. I don't want to score, I'll just give it to you. Were you playing center mid? Yeah. And to this As day. As he should be. Yeah, that's why for me, and I think everybody will agree with me, Atuesta is probably my favorite player on the team. Yep. Yes. Uh, watching the guy play is just, it's ridiculous. Like, And one thing is to watch him on the broadcast. Another thing is to watch him down on the field level. Like, It's better to watch him on the broadcast, but down on the field level, you get to see those little the little minutiae of, of... You get it. You have full access. The ridiculousness <laughs> that he can do. It's just, oh, yeah. it's crazy, man. I hear you. It's crazy. Spice, you quit the game early, but would you have been a distributor? You seem like someone who likes to, you know, help the ball along. Yeah, I'm never the star player. I think even you know, on this I podcast, th that's I think you have center mid clear. vibes. You have center mid vibes. Center mid. I think I I, I think of myself as, as some kind of de facto leader. It's far you from could, the truth. You could have been a center back. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's I, that's probably where I, where I'm at. It's like I want to be the last line. Or I want to. Huh? Number nine, just bully everybody. That's so against my character for some reason. Like, we all talk about the bastard you have to be to be a good striker. Yeah, and I'm just I, like, I agree. It's, I don't think it would happen for him. It's just not me. It's just not me. But he me. could say, you know, he could, like, make a game-saving stop on oh the line. Oh, my God. Header off, you know, standing on the far post yeah, during a corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreams have, about that, man. Like, we should have had a guy. Here? No, uh, I don't know. Slim? What, what would have been your positional vibe? Equipment manager? Like, one of the <laughs> no, really no, no. enthusiastic ones. No, no, no. But like the one that, like, the whole team Scott. loves and, and, like, rallies behind? Like, the one where, you know, like, they'd rub my belly before we go out, like, from the locker room. <laughs> I think you, But then I'd probably have like to shave my Buddha? belly so nobody, like, gets rug burn on their hand. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I'm trying to think about your personality. I hear what you're saying, Slim. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you more than that. I think personality-wise... You could have been like a kind of like a Gattuso type in the mid in the hey. midfield, like just hey. just someone who just blades people and you know ends an attack. Oh yeah, like yeah. where I have to get subbed out at like the fiftieth, sixtieth minute every match because like I have a yellow card. On, always on a red card. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mind you, LAFC doesn't have this player. It, yo, one that I'm talking. About. We do. All right. but Oh, 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 oh. I mean, wait, 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 wait. We might. We're, let's we get into use, that because that's been my like biggest thing. Are we going to talk about tactics? No, let's, we're not going to no, talk about tactics. No, let, not, not tactics, but just about the tenacity. Yeah, talk to me about Spike Sub. Who's, who's most likely, Yuli? Most, uh, most likely to go studs up? Studs up to be like, this is, we have to take the game over. It's got to be Mario. Sifu. Oh. I think. If he was playing in Let's that not position. lead the witness here. I want to hear from the man himself. It, it depends, though. It depends. Is it a good tackle or a bad tackle? Oh, let's say a fucking it's a mediocre to bad tackle. Yeah, yeah. Five times out of Like a 10. Paul Scholes level tackle. Let's go. Like where it's we just don't like, have that player. Exactly. Oh. We don't. But if we do go, if we do go back to the tenacity, I think it's the one thing we need, right? It, it's that mm. one thing you see it in in spurts sometimes from certain guys. Yeah. Sometimes cheek, you'll have a great game, and the Champions League you had a ridiculous run at the end. You know, you'll have moments where Twester really steps up and really starts, you know, to lead the team. Rio and Eddie have actually done pretty well together, although you do still have language barriers. I can only imagine what it must be like for Moon to jump on the field with, you know, 80% of the guys who speak Spanish. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard, you know. Um, <clears throat> so 
But look, we don't have a Gattuso. We don't have uh, a Vieira, Roy Keane. We don't have, and I'm not even saying skill level-wise. I'm just saying, saying like, like that type of player. Yeah, yeah we don't. I, I compare Arsenal to LAFC a lot. And a lot of times it's it's, it's complimentary stuff. But so self No, but listen, but listen. No, I, but I Yuli understands. You I know agree. exactly what I'm talking oh. about. Because playing beautiful football, having the high-minded ideas, doing this and that, it is actually, it gets you a long way. And it's the reason that we fall in love with the, the poetry of the game and all that. But, yeah, if it's about winning titles, winning hard games, you need you certain need types of players. You need a practical approach sometimes, right? Yes. That's what Wenger used to get. Yeah. Okay. criticized about too but then he leaves and you get this shit play for years now yeah. and they're like oh banger back it's exactly like, you know exactly so you so. do need a, a a mix of the beautiful play that we clearly can play at times yeah. i mean even this year even though we've it's been a slow start that diego goal versus the galaxy or even that Corey baird goal versus houston pretty much the entire first half versus Colorado when Carlos was back. There's There's been good moments where yeah. you go, okay, there it is. And just the, the past sequences, I mean, all that stuff is, like, what we live for as, like, those of us who love attacking football, free-flowing right. football. It's just, yeah, it can't come at the expense. I mean, it can, and it does, but it it would be nice if it didn't have to come at the expense of, like, having a little steel in there as well. Right. And the intensity and tenacity, like you said. I mean, remember Alex Song for Arsenal? He was the only guy who had that sort of tenacity. Yeah, he was the first one for so long. I thought Lucas Torreira was going to be that guy. We could talk about Arsenal all night. Should we just turn this into an Arsenal pod? <coughs> I, I want to talk about Gattuso <laughs> again, and I want to talk about Josh in um, 2009. This is where I want to – can you guys go with me into the, the year right. 2009 real quick? Let's Josh, go back. Josh, Josh, is, Josh is a freshman. You're a Are you Syracuse freshman. Not, uh, You're learning no, I'm, I'm a high school freshman this time oh, i'm a high school freshman book, yeah. Damn, book, you are young. Book. 09 all right where i'm joining the freshman football squad coaches football coach is just big on to like we need a leader shut your lacrosse playing ass up. we need you a captain no football we need York, a cap bro defensive end offensive tackle yo you're welcome before all the white boys outgrew me but the whites no the whites put that <laughs> on the put the on the soundboard yeah but he was just straight up like, "Who's gonna answer the call? Who's gonna Who's gonna ring the ring the fucking bell when it's when it's up to, when it's up to it? It's like life is just a That's game of interest. Military trained That's ass shit. motherfuckers. That's it." Now, so that's why I think it really put in my brain like the need for a guy like that. Yuli, you're 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 now professionally a part of a club on a professional side, but possibly in a, in, a, in a side where a lot of people don't see a reality in, which is like the business end of the club, right? Which is not the, the, the training side, the athletic side, but you are like on the media side of the club. Do you feel like there are person, because most of the guys who work at LSU now have some kind of athletic background. Is, 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 is what, what percentage do you think that is in the front office? I mean, not everybody, but yeah, there's, there's a good percentage. Significant amount, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that's interesting because like I have that one freshman football story. I qu quit soon after my sophomore year. But for 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 guys <laughs> like you who played your whole life, right? Like the the personalities and the the attitude of sport transcend like into like life like life lessons and stuff like that. Do you feel like there are, there are personalities of like being like a boss or a captain like within the front office the same way there is on the pitch? Talking about like management. Management's. I mean, it's like it, the boring way to say it is the management style, right? Like, is do be like I know, like even like enterprise car rentals love hiring D one athletes because they get like a certain mentality of bringing into the workforce. But do you feel like that's a reality in LAFC front office? 
I mean, any management, right? Anybody, you need a leader at any point. So you could argue, yeah, of course, you need somebody to kind of, but that doesn't necessarily have to come from sport. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, you know, to be a part of a team sport and to be that leader, you sort of need those qualities and those characteristics in order to maybe be the leader on your team and whether or not that translates into your career and your, per, your professional job. Sure. Um, but I don't think that everything that there is to learn about leadership and management comes from the field. So it's a blend just like everything else. Um, but that's the dream they sold us, right? I mean, isn't that how like parents get shoehorned into making their kids join athletics? Like it's, they're going to learn how to do teamwork, <laughs> but team you, building. You do. I mean, if you guys all played, right? I mean, you, you do. I mean, especially with the, even tennis, I mean, it's an individual sport, but you're not going to get anywhere without your team. So, I mean, ultimately the things that you learn from sport growing up your entire life i would say you know discipline being one of them mm. whether or not that goes out the window after you stop playing that's that happens too but discipline and, and teamwork and communication funny story when i moved to korea mm-hmm. shout out to korea you can't wait to talk more about this um i actually played the first thing i every time i've lived or gone abroad the first thing i look for is, is a team to play on mm. Sunday pick whatever it may be what's why what's the mentality behind that because whether it's in Korea or in Spain or wherever it may be it's the in my opinion from you know as a player and passionate about the sport it's the one way it's a good way to make not one friend two friends three friends minimum you're gonna make 11 friends like that and so you know I've played when I was in Korea I played for like three different teams and so my circle got really big really quick. Mm. One of the teams was a foreign team, so it was like all foreigners. Sure. Um, so that opened me up to like that world. But then I also played on a Korean team. And that was really cool because, you know, that you guys know like Koreans are a little closed off, especially towards foreigners yeah. in the beginning. But when you show that initiative and that want to sort of be a part of that, they opened the doors for me and it was That's it was, awesome. Yeah, man. it was great because Especially as a foreigner living in Korea, I mean, you guys know, like, Google's not a thing there, right? It's neighbor. Neighbor. And so, like... Sponsor the pod, neighbor, if you're listening. (laughs) Like, as a foreigner living in Korea, your access to the world is, like, a fraction of what it would be here. Like, if you don't know how to get somewhere here, you just type it into Google. Whether it's directions or how to spell something, how to make... It doesn't matter. You just type it into Google. Mm That doesn't exist in Korea. So as a foreigner, when you're in Korea and you go, hey, where the hell is this park? Google's not going to give you that answer. You have to do it through Naver. Naver's their search engine. But I don't... And it's mostly Korean. It's all in Korean. And so my world was so incredibly limited. Gotcha. And so by joining this team, there was like one guy on the team who spoke some broken English. Yeah. That was enough. Right. Right. And so that opened up so many doors. But going back to communication... When I joined this team, I was like, ah, oh, you know, you play, I play, we all play, you know, we'll 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 speak with the ball. You play you play on the the post training matches, don't you? On the training facility? I used to. I haven't been able to go back since COVID. Right, right. I mean, I'm sure nobody really plays right now. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In the old days. Yeah. yeah. So with Lauren and yeah, with Lauren, some of the assistant John coaches. Out there. Yeah, John Thornton, dude, still super super competitive <laughs> all those guys that's Ante. right listeners if you're criticizing john thornton's gm moves he will fuck you up on the Dude. pitch he was, uh, so 
But you, what were, what were you saying? You're gonna you learn some things about just like speaking to the ball or like with with the. With oh, what I was gonna say, communication wise, like you know, on the field, regardless of the sport you play, communication is key. Whether it's on the field yeah. when you're playing sports or when you're an organization working wherever it is, communication is key. And I figured like, I'm sitting here going, oh, we all play soccer, we'll understand, dude. If I don't speak Korean, they don't speak English. It was so much harder than I thought. Mm. It was so much harder than I thought. Just a simple, hey, go right, go left, pass me the ball, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was ridiculously hard. It was so much harder than I thought. And so, like, I think of, like, Moon getting on the field, and you go, like, dude, how tough must that be for him? Right. He speaks very little English, probably absolutely no Spanish. Yeah. And 80% of her guys speak Spanish. As well. You know? Well, I, well I, I've always wondered how the language stuff works at the highest level, right? Like with the man cities of the world, with these clubs that have so many players from so many different places. And, you know, generally, obviously, people defer to whatever language, you know, the country in which you're playing, German, Italian, sp Spanish, English. But, you know, not everyone's going to get all the way there. And I wonder how that all works and how you can get players playing together at the highest level, even if the language skills aren't, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you see guys join teams in different leagues that obviously they don't speak the language yet. And I mean, look, you do speak without actually talking to yeah, a yeah. certain degree, but you do need that communication. You know, you do need to verbally be able to communicate. Pep Guardiola is a good example, right? He goes to Bayern, he's doing training sessions in German. You're like, whoa. He shows up in England, he's doing training sessions in English. Like that is pretty. It's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we love Pep. No, I was surprised. Hate and City no, love I Pep. Mean, let's hate City. Let's. We have to mention yes. Man United real quick. Same with Liverpool. Just to just to cleanse. Just to cleanse. That's the case for you know. To your point, that's the case pretty much at all. I, it right, seems right. like at most teams. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting because I thought United being such a English club in in a lot of senses, but during this season there was a big um, uh. Paul Pogba, who speaks like six languages, was translating for Ali on the on, on the touchline to talk to uh, to both Cavani and to to um, I forgot who this other Spanish speaking player was, but it was just like that's wild, man. The language of itself, man. And then I think about it makes me think about Bob, you know, Bob, who probably speaks a little Spanish by now, but it's, it's most definitely comfortable in English and well, with a predominantly Ante and Mike Sorber to the assistants. Um, Mike actually played in Mexico mm. a while back. He played for Pumas a long time ago. So he, he's got some Spanish down, enough mm -hmm. to communicate with the guys. Um, and then we do have a couple guys. Pablo speaks. Pablo's basically bilingual. Yeah. Yeah. Pablo, I would say he's perfectly bilingual. Correct. Yeah. And then you guys, you got guys like Carlos who can speak, you know, enough, enough to, yeah. to communicate to the other guys. So um, that's a huge part, I think, also when they are considering bringing in new guys. How quickly can they yeah, yeah. sort of get into the whole thing and who can help them? For Sifu when he came in, like having Cheeky there must have been huge, right? Yeah, to right. Kind of help I think him. there's a reason. I mean, it's not just a scouting reason why we see multiple players from the same country. It's also a cohesion reason. Yeah, it's chemistry. Yeah, for sure. How's your Spanish, man? What's up? How's your Spanish? Bien. <laughs> so you're completely bilingual on that. Yeah. Is that? <laughs> His pause was the best. <laughs> he did a double take. I was doing yeah. the politically correct thing and being like, "Hey, a yeah. lot of, lot of, lot of second generation people." Is, is your first language Korean? Yeah, technically so, but it's 
probably like a fifth grade level, I'd say. Yeah. Sixth grade level. Same. So yeah. Well, my first language. Yeah, I'm 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 bilingual. So right, my right, first right. my first language is Spanish. My parents to this day only speak Spanish at home. Yeah. yeah. My grandparents, same thing. Um, but it must be a great it must be a great benefit to you, like as you're interviewing a lot of um, Spanish speaking players that they hear their native tongue to get the kind of content that you make. For sure. I mean, listen, if you ask any of the guys, even if they, aside from Pablo, Pablo speaks it perfectly. You can ask him in either language, he's going to give you a great answer. But the reality is, like, for the fans, when you're making a piece of content and you really want the fans to kind of know what the players are feeling or what they want to say, like, it's no, it's a disservice, actually, to ask them the question in their second language. You're not going to get the answer. They're probably Mm. not even going to understand the question fully. So from that point of view, yeah, it's huge. It's more work for me because I got to translate everything. But yeah. But no, yeah. it's great, and it gives them a sense of um, they feel more comfortable for sure. Yeah, for I sure. think that's I think that's so interesting because like you just said for the fans, and I think you now you are like so entrenched in both mindsets because you've played the game, you're an expert in the game as well, but you create this content for the masses, right? Which is where the views come from, which is where like I guess even like the higher executives can see it and see like oh this is a great piece of content. Like in an age where. I mean, I'm a big basketball fan. We're all big basketball fans here. We're um, not all big basketball fans. Sure, there it is. Thank you for letting that, for letting that, <laughs> that slide, please. But it's a there's bit like one ev- of us. every actually just one of us. Every athlete has like an has their own media company now, right? Has their own image they're trying to maintain and all that. Do you ever find it? There's like a like a butting of heads when you're like, oh, this has to be for as big of a majority of viewers as possible versus like what's good for your kind of PR and what's good for your own brand in terms of where you go next or, or what your, your status becomes? I always tell the guys, like, my job is to make the players look and sound as best as possible. Mm-hmm. And that actually goes for anybody. If I interview you, or if I interview you, if I interview Carlos, if I interview Diego, and you say something in a weird way or you have a bunch of ums in there or whatever it may be like my job is to cut all that stuff out right you know and for the viewer to hopefully never even realize that there was a cut ever made mm-hmm. and so for me it's it, it's about making both the individual whether it's the player or a fan and the organization shine brightest so um yeah i don't know i think ultimately whether it's the players I think ultimately, like, we just want to get content out that, that resonates with our fans. And mm-hmm. we're trying to find this balance between, like, doing community content, which is obviously really important for us because that's, like, one of our pillars of this organization. Right. As well as, like, on-field stuff and what it is that, you know, people go there to watch. So, yeah, it's been it's been a – I've been there for three years now. It's been a crazy ride. It's been really cool. Can I just add one thing about <coughs> speaking in your non-native language and uh, a thing that, you know, both Yuli and I have to deal with just in the world of, like, marketing and content. And it's just real quick. Because I do think that there is a loophole in the native language thing in that people get trained, like, PR-wise, to say the right things and their brain kind of works in their own language, if their second or third or fourth language is good enough, I actually think they sometimes can be more honest in another language, or they can sort of break free of the confines of, like, you know, robot PR mode, like my answers are going to continue to fall into the same bin. doesn't always happen. But 
if anyone's ever learned a foreign language and you find yourself like, I've always, I've always thought that there could be, this is like, now I'm just going off on a rant here, but I always thought there could be like a, uh, like a form of therapy where you could just do it through a different language because you're more comfortable saying words that you wouldn't say in your native tongue because they disturb you so much it's it's what it's one reason why like all of us could learn curse words in another language and just like say them freely but like if they're in your own language you're like oh i don't know and it sort of works the same way in my experience not just with with footballers but like interviewing other people in their non-native language i find like sometimes they can be more vulnerable and willing to share now that's not what that you know a club would want you wouldn't want someone like you know necessarily opening their bag on things but i think that um there's something to be said there. I think it depends on... On, on the player? Not the even question. the player, the questions. Yeah. yeah. And I think it depends on the setting as well. Like, post-game interviews for players. Yeah. like They're in the mode. It's like... Yeah. yeah. Especially if, you're, if, you've got a, if you just lost and you're hearing the same question from four different people and it's all the same question and you're like, yeah. the fuck you want from me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, in that mm. sense, yeah. Robot mode. Here's my answer. <laughs> what, what do you want from me? But... Yeah. If it's you know a sit-down interview and it's it's the questions are, are question the questions are thoughtful and, and considerate and it's something that they believe in and and they trust in you and that you're gonna again I go back to what I said earlier right like whether it's you guys or a player nobody wants to look dumb on camera mm-hmm. and so the questions have to be thoughtful and considerate enough and they ha- and you also have to earn their trust that you're gonna make them look good and so I think at that point you get much better answers. And at that point, I would rather them in their native language because you're going to get what you want as opposed to like... Good point. So. I'll defer to Yuli. Time time deferred. What do they say when like you're in court? You're like, I, I yield my time. <laughs> That's what it is. I yield my time. And on that note, we'll take our first break and yes. be back with sexy time. Let's spice. <laughs> Back here with SCFC Pod, here with Yuli Roman. Roman. Back here. This is Ulysses' travel segment right here. Oh, shit. This is a man who was, it was like Dweez in a lot of ways. Last time, I, Yuli, I think we really got to talk when, when, when we got, you interviewed me that one time. And um, just hearing about how you always felt like you needed to be somewhere, you need to be out of the country. Like, it makes you. You felt that way, too? It shapes you into a person because you said you're happy to be back home now. Your family won't let you leave. But there was a point in time when you're like, I'm, ha- I'm very happy to be out of the country. I'm sure she'll probably listen to this at some point, so I'll, uh, I'll clarify that statement. <laughs> um, talk, talk to me. What's, what's, what's your, uh, your natural state of, state of being? Do you feel like you need, to be, you need to be traveling, you need to be doing things, or do you, are, you, are you happy to be locked in right now? To your current living situation. When I graduated from when I graduated college, I moved to LA. <clears throat> I, I was living off like Hollywood Boulevard, and I had no. Where did you Where did you go to school? UC Irvine. Okay, so you're in Irvine, Orange County. Yeah. Yeah, and Irvine sucks. <laughs> sure does. So when I graduated, at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I had no idea what I was Just doing. Just like all college students. Yeah. Most. And I just found myself doing, like, any and every type of random gig, like, 
anything to get by and anything to kind of keep living on my own because I was living at school at the time and I, I liked that you know since I basically from 18 I, I moved out and I was living in the dorms and I did that whole bit so when I graduated college um, I had no idea what I was doing I was out here in LA and that wasn't really working out either and then in 2012 I re-met my now fiance <laughs> Which is still weird to say out loud. Yeah. Um, as the ghetto bird comes through, we'll wait for it to go by. Got it low today. And uh, yeah, we like we started dating at the end of 2012. We went to high school together, but we like basically went like five years without seeing each other, and then we we basically like met back up and. We started dating and then she goes right when we started dating she goes i'm she was graduating college that year and she's like i've always wanted to leave and i'm like what do you mean leave she's like yeah spain has this program it's through the spanish ministry of education they're offering you probably know all about this similar right um they're offering you know college grads u.s citizens um to come and be teachers here in, in spain and i'm gonna do it i was like <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I guess you're going to Spain. So that's where that started. So it was mostly her. Uh -huh. She was the one that felt the need to leave. Gotcha. I was pretty content. I was pretty happy aside from the fact that I had no idea what I was doing, but I thought I'd figure it out at some point. But yeah, it probably ended up being one of the best things I've ever done. So yeah, what did that do for your mental when, when you lived abroad? I mean, Dewey's can attest to this, but I mean, it just opens up your mind, right? Like prior to prior to that i i did travel a little bit in europe for a little bit and then i came back and then we did that so when we lived in spain that was much easier like i speak the language um so that was pretty cool kind of just getting to know that that whole culture and traveling around europe at the time and then we came back and we had a friend who was just finishing up doing the exact same thing in korea and she goes you guys should check out korea and i was like <laughs> I looked at her, I was like, you're crazy. She goes, let's do it. I was like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> and so, what's your fiance's name? Chelsea. Shout out Chelsea. Yeah. I will say though, both times, you know, I hope she hears this, both times it was her idea. And as soon as we got there, she was the one wanting to come home. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. I mean, like picking up, leaving and just leaving everything behind, you know, and just all of a sudden you're in this new foreign place yeah and you're the foreigner it's a crazy feeling it's a crazy world it's it's like a crazy it's crazy there's no safety net it's crazy at least in spain i spoke the language but in korea like i couldn't even read the signs yeah for our korean listeners you talked to us through the first week of of, of korean existence over there what are you doing where are you going the very first thing that I remember about Korea, so we lived in Busan in the south, right? And we got there in February, I want to say. And for those of us who live here and been, you know, born and raised here in Southern California, it gets pretty cold in other parts of the world. <laughs> we got there in February. It was cold, man. And I remember, like, flying in, and the first thing I noticed was, like, every single building that sort of lined everything really they just looked like dominoes like going up because mm -hmm. everything goes up right 
and uh, everything was dead. Everything like all the hills. There's no all the trees. Were, everything was dead. And I was like, damn, this place sucks. <laughs> you know what? That reminds me a, a lot of when I landed in Kona, Hawaii, for when I went on missions for that little stint. Can't uh, wait, wait till we do the slim mission episode. <laughs> but if you know anything about Kona, it's it's the the volcanic island. So everything's lava rocks. So when you're landing, it just straight looks like desert. I was like, "What the fuck part of Hawaii? Hawaii? Yeah. Did I did I pull yeah, up yeah, in yeah. right now? It was wild. Bro. I was like, I dude, can this place sucks. It's ugly. It's <laughs> fucking cold. What the hell? And uh, but yeah, that that first week was wild. I mean, the job that we got put us up in an apartment. The apartment was shit. The apartment was tiny for sure. two of us. Well, where was the apartment? At? Where in the city? Yeah, yeah. Where in Pusan? You know the city? Oh, oh no, you're in Pusan. Never mind. I won't know shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I've I've not even been to Pusan. It's a cool city, man. It's a city it's a of four. Cool it's a city of four million. It's a it's a big city. I mean, if people have like watched like Korean dramas and they want to like hit up those tents that you drink and eat at, <laughs> yeah, like they don't really have many of those in Seoul anymore. Like, if you want like the full tent experience, yeah. you got to go to Pusan. Yeah, and Pusan people have a very distinct personality from being near the water all the time as well, well from it's what the same thing with the island people it's just a little more chill that's what i hear i hear they're a little bit more chill everything's a little slower but i do hear that they have their accent is a little bit more like southern yeah yeah, and yeah a little yeah. rougher they always sound upset which i mean if we want to take it to japan it's kind of the difference between like tokyo to okinawa right okinawa people are a little more relaxed and dude i would say i mean and okinawans have like a whole separate language oh okay. and like a, yeah they're like not i, I would say they're extremely more relaxed it's <laughs> it is almost in okinawa's case i don't know about in korea's case but okinawa could definitely be its own country yeah and, I that, mean, would, and that would make a lot of sense with like pusan people or chejudo people like it's kind of the equivalent to like a southern accent yeah that's what i that's what i hear and yeah. even now like if i meet koreans and i'll say the very few words i know how to say they're like you have that what? accent, you have you, the accent. You got, why are you speaking in Saturday? yeah they're like what? dude yeah. you should see people's faces I mean you speak you, like the gangsters that yeah, I, yeah. That I, I heard in movies <laughs> so yeah that was a cool experience though man I mean like I said you know it, it makes you it makes you try new things it makes you learn new things every day is like a new challenge every day you learn something new and and it really teaches you a lot about yourself right um so yeah, that stint was was cool. We were there for two years. We all we were we fell in love with Korea. Actually, we almost did a third year. We had to convince ourselves not to. Mm. Uh, we had a pretty good thing going there. And the Spain year was was it a one year? Was in Spain? Spain was one year. Mm. They offered us a second year in ready, Almeria. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Where was the first year? In Coruña, in okay. the northwest. So on the Santiago de Compostela. Yes. Route above Ooh, Portugal. That Correct. Beautiful. Yeah. Galicia. What's what's the what's the perception of English teachers in Spain? Because I know in Korea they expect a white person to come through, and yeah. and, and, and like an American, oh, they just assume it's like it's all, all white folk. But you, as a Mexican American coming from California, it's very distinct. It's you have bring a very unique American American experience from here. Did what are the difference between teaching English in Spain and the perceptions that? Uh, they might have had going in well the first thing that i noticed was that they it's regional so it makes a lot more sense but they they study in school right they study like british english interesting so okay. even a lot of the things that like i would say they were like you don't say that that way i'm like you're telling me 
Mm. They're like, I thought it was like this. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, it, it makes sense, right? It's, it's, it's regional. Yeah, of course. So that was like the first thing I noticed. Um, and then for me, I had like a, I had an edge, I guess, in that I spoke Spanish. And so they were really comfortable with me. Actually, like I, I taught at an English school for adults, which was awesome uh-huh. because after class like literally everybody would want to take me out for a coffee because everybody just wants to practice their english mm. so that was really cool too because i got to meet a ton of people that way yeah um and like i said before you know whether it was playing soccer or, or meeting people this way like it, it just opens up a city for you that much more mm. and it just kind of gives you that much more of an experience while you're there and look coruña was a beautiful city man Two hundred fifty thousand on the coast small little town it's actually where Andres Guardado used to play for Deportivo yeah, La Coruña. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were, I mean, they were a big club for a while, Deportivo. Yeah. They I've won They won the league in like, two, I want to say like 2004 or 2005. Yeah, they were. That's crazy to think about now, right? When but I was there, unfortunately, they were in second division. So, you know, Barca and Madrid and all those teams didn't get it to roll by. But, um, yeah, it was cool. Um, they do have some crazy, like, preconceived notions of Americans. Sure. Uh Gun-toting. Oh, my God. Gun-toting. <laughs> oh I mean, that, that, because of movies, that's, like, yeah, a big dude. misconception of, like, yeah. The but is it, though? Because, like, I it is I it thought is it was a misconception, and then I came to L.A., and I was like, oh, all y'all have guns. This is this Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you haven't been to Texas, though. Then, like, <laughs> all y'all have guns. Or, like, Atlanta. Dude, I, I had a guy who said he wanted to come from Spain. He's like, dude, I want to go to the U.S. to eat and get fat. And buy a gun. That's all he wanted. I was like, "Damn, dude, that's not." And you're like, "Those are good. Th- those are things you can uh, do in the U.S." That's America though. as fuck. Bro. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> that's not. That's not a good." Uh, yeah, I mean, like, when was it? Maybe like 2004, 2005, when I went to Korea. Like my Korean, I, I think I've said this on the pod before, but my Korean cousin saw that I had black friends, and all they know about black friends <laughs> from movies is like they're gangsters or they have guns, so they were like. Do they all have guns? And I was like, no, man. I knew like, a few black friends in, in Spain and in Korea who were doing, you know, who were like me doing the programs there. And in both cases, they get they get stopped. They get they get they get. Oh, especially pictures. black people in Asia, whether oh, it's man. Korea, it's Japan, crazy. or uh, China. If you're tall enough, they all think you're a basketball player. That's <laughs> crazy, yeah. It's great. And let's be honest, like a lot of my black homies who aren't famous. Like, dress like they're really famous. <laughs> they're, they're, they're gonna be cool, man. Let's be honest. <laughs> hey, bro, because you always... So, it sounds like you tapped into into soccer as soon as you landed in a new country, in both cases. How did that change or kind of develop your understanding of, like, the global game, man? Because, like, you knew this is the language you wanted to speak is on the pitch, and then well, what kind of cultural insights you get from just, just the footy scene? I just want to know if you went to K-League games. I went to one, um, I Park, which is where Kim and Juan used yeah, to play. Yeah. Wow, actually. yeah, Pusan, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, I actually joined a, a pro futsal team, too, which was a really crazy little thing that I did for a little while there. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy because you... Each, each country, at the end of the day, it is like the world sport, right? And everybody does think that it's... It, it is what people think, right? Like, you can go just about anywhere in the world and be like, hey, can I play? And more often than not, they'll let you play. Mm. And more often than not, if you don't speak the language, especially if it's just like a pickup game, like, you can pop in, have a good time, pop out, go have a couple beers, and everybody will be, yeah, you know, 
but I will say that in different countries, at least from what I've seen, you do see identities. Mm. You do see identities, right? Like in the way that they play. Ooh, talk to me. I love that stuff. Get, 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 go into that stuff. In Korea, even though I had a hard time understanding fully what, especially when I was playing with Koreans, right? Yeah. They are very, they were very rigid in their approach. And they were very systematic in the way that they wanted to play. Yeah. And I kind of butt heads a lot with the coach because of that, because I was more of a free flowing kind of like, imagine telling a twist. You're a free flowing American. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so I found that really interesting. And I found that like in Spain, obviously you have a lot more guys trying to do a lot more skill based stuff and, and they're very good, you know, in Korea, you don't see that as much. It's more team play. It's more like hard work. It's mm-hmm. more like how well can you keep your structure? How well can that was pretty interesting to see. It's wild, man. And I think I just had just a glimpse of that. We were watching uh, our TSG boy Diego. He was playing the goal for Korean, almost a full Korean team here in LA. Um, it's kind of like an adult league over there. And my boy Fernie was with me, and he was just saying like these Korean boys get checked into like the wall into, into all this stuff. And like somehow they're like not willing to, to give it right back. Even if, even if you're bigger than the guy and like, he's like, Oh, that's how I know. Like not necessarily you're going to punk them, but it's like, Oh, that's how we have the edge on them because it's like, they're not willing to, they're not willing to physically fight back within the parameters of the game and the rules. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, what we were talking about with LAFC too, right? It's, Maybe it's that same type of coaching that I feel like would match Korean players that Bob does. That that very intense, you know what I mean? So I mean, this is the thing. Like, Sir, Sir Alex loves Park Ji-sung because he does not have uh, an ego. Yeah. He's like, I could, I could not play him for four games straight, and then if I play him in a, in a, in a, in a cup game, he's going to give it his all, right? There's, it's... Maybe there's something as as a first of anything. You bring a lot of your cultural personality and heritage into it, but I don't know. Was, I think we're seeing an interesting thing. Like even with like Isung um, Woo, who grew up in Spain in the Barca Academy, a lot of Koreans don't react well to him because he's too loud, he's too boisterous, he wants to try too many tricks, yeah. and um, he doesn't agree with the coach a lot. So he he, he like yaps back at them. But that's a, that's a big part of like in this global game, there are identities yeah. that come to play. They're, they're, it's cultural, right? You see it every single time you see a Central American or Latin or South American Latin American team really play against the U.S. It's like there's they're gonna take any and every edge, and they're gonna they're going to use every single bit of like knowledge that they have of the game to mm. get an edge on on a team that they feel might not use those same right. advantages whether it's time waste look i get people all the time why i hate when people time waste i'm like look so do i but if that's going to give them the win they're going to do it yeah i don't agree with it but they're going to do it and if they win 1-0 at the end of the game because of that you just lost so you know, totally. and, and it's it's all a part of, like I probably you probably don't see that in a lot in some of the Asian cultures, like this idea of like cheating. You know what I mean? Like that's not part of the culture. It's not part of the identity. Right. It's not cheating too much if you on. win. Right. It's like that's that's like the, the that's that's what we were kind of bred with here. Exactly. Like, and it goes back to what you said earlier about missing the free throw. Like you work really hard to perfect things, and so if you're gonna work that hard to perfect something, and then you're gonna cheat to win, like what are you doing? Right. 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 
But I think it's just that's like such a nuanced understanding of the game. It's like you 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 can do your best, and yet at the same time, it comes down to these margins, right? Where it's like, how much time can you can you get by playing the ball into the corner and just just shielding guys, right? Yeah. And that's that's essential. And so, I know Dewey's is all about his Arsenal and Barcelona playing the beautiful whoa, gameplay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, I, mean, I never, even, I never I mean, preached look, that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that one play where Busquets got checked, and then he's on the floor rolling around, and then he does one of these to yeah. check. If, I used to have a coach in, in high school who'd say, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. At the time, I didn't know what mm. the fuck he was talking about. But, you know, you yeah. need to find edges sometimes. And the best teams sometimes do. You were talking about uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. I just saw an interview on Sports Bible with him and Neville, and he was yeah. asking him who one of his most, like, underrated player was. And he did say Park. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, if I, pl- I would have brought him in 10, 15 minutes earlier in that Champions League final against Barcelona... And had a mar- man marked Messi, I think we would have won. Totally. And but they it's a didn't. Dream. But they didn't, and they lost. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think even the great Sir Alex Ferguson is uh, is overstepping a little bit. That Barcelona team have fucking destroyed us. So. Yeah, that, that was uh, yeah. No, but that's, that's interesting. I think. But there is identities for sure. Exactly, and yeah. I think these the these and I'm not even. I used to be mad at the, when I was a little younger at the Busquets of the world, but I'm like. You're just a fucking expert, bro, at what FIFA has allowed. The FIFA rules and regulations that's allowed you to do, you're like, you're playing within those boundaries. Like, as many times, he gets fewer red cards than Sergio Ramos does, and then he still does what, exactly the job that the. Yeah. the There's no requires. fucking timeouts in soccer, y'all. Yeah. Like, Didn't you got to take what you can get. Did a bunch of shit recently for doing the same exact thing in the last game? For LeBron, LeBron James. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the time. Yeah, I mean, All the fucking time. But LeBron knows exactly what he's fucking doing. Yeah. Of course. The best players do. And as LeBron said, like, you're going you're gonna to go to, I'm going to go to bed and be me, and you're going to go to bed and be you, and I choose me every fucking time. <laughs> he said that? Did he yeah. say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said he that before. To who? Uh, to just the general public. Yeah. It's after, after he got knocked out of a fucking, like, big, big uh, playoff match, and he's just like... I'm he, fucking LeBron James. I, yeah, I heard no lies in that comment. That's like this. But teams do need to figure out. There is, there are teams, and I think LFC sometimes is one of those teams who wants to play too honest, right? Mm. Too romantic. Yeah. Too Arsenal. Too Arsene Wenger, right? I know you. I know you recognize that. I think all the people who are and look, I get it. People might have had different EPL clubs before they came to be LAFC fans. I sure did. But the resemblances between the teams are uncanny sometimes. You know what I'm talking which about. Ones, which ones? Which ones? Arsenal and LAFC. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, which resemblances? Where we play really pretty, but we lose sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah over pretty much. I mean, one of them is overplaying. Just like you, you do more than you even need to do in mm. order to like score a goal. You do, you, you, you are shooting for an idealistic. You're, you're shooting for ideals rather than results. And personally, and people might hate me for saying this, I will still take the ideals over the results because I. It, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be white or black. It doesn't. You don't. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm yeah. making it into a false binary. It doesn't need to be. You have to choose one or the other. No, but, you have to choose. <laughs> but like the Jose Mourinho model, and like the model of Jose, like, he's Portuguese. Jose Mourinho model. You follow Portuguese, gotta. Hey, do the bang, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but like that model, you know, for me is, it's like I don't. I come to. The, I'm an art person. I think that's what it is. I'm an art person, and I'm a. You know, I enjoy. The beauty yeah. more Get than I enjoyed this bullshit sport. free spirited shit no. out of here. <laughs> I agree. Hey, with you're an art person too. You're an art person too. Wait, wait, Actually, no. you're an art person Look, three. Nobody love. Nobody used to like watching, regardless if they won or not. 
the Mourinho teams of you know the the Chelsea Mourinho team. Unless you're a Chelsea fan. That's the only scenario where then, you're like, but they're, they're so fucking happy, no? No, they are now. The, and and like you can say like we won, but like who cares if the whole season you you tuned in every week and you didn't get oh. to, personally? I, I I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, yeah. I've never supported a team, like or the teams I've supported have never had managers that played like anti football. So I don't know what it's like Damn, to be on that anti football. Bro, that's like, that's a that's a that's a tough thing to put on but on a team what? that's anti football. It goes back to what we were just saying about identities. I guess yeah. it applies to coaches, right, and the way that they play as well. And sometimes realizing, and I think that's what most. I think sometimes some of the games we lose is because we don't want to give up that way of playing, even for a single minute of the game, even if it may be necessary. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's naive for sure in many different ways. What I was going to add to the conversation a second ago about identities and culture is I think Yuli like hit it spot on. Like in my experience, playing in different countries, pickup. It, it, it's obvious when you watch like different national teams, but it's obvious when you're playing pickup and you're playing, you know, in small-sided games in different places. But uh, the other layer of that that's like difficult for all of our brains to comprehend is there's also individuals. No matter what culture you're from, there are individuals, and those individuals have different characteristics. Even if they came from X, Y, or Z culture, you brought up the Korean player that like grew up in Spain, right? Yeah. And the reason that he's like causes a problem in the Korean thing is because his personal experience created such a player, such a personality yeah. that you know, and it it's it's a combination of different things. So I think that those are always like the X factors, and that's where like things get really twisty and weird, and like we want to group things like mentally so we can try to understand them better. But like, yeah, I've played with all sorts of players from like you know all over the world and. Just like sometimes there'll just be a guy that like, doesn't make sense. Like you're like you're from this country and yet you play this way. And sure. I'm just like yeah, yeah. I'm like really confused about how you're doing this. Yeah. And and I think that. But then um, sometimes you play with a British guy, and you're like, yeah, you're British. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's, but it's sort of like the glitch that like you know it's the exception rather than the rule for sure. Yeah. There's always but, outliers. But the, sure. I think that the outliers find their way to the upper echelons of the game often. Absolutely. And because you got to have that something that that outlier thing that you have is going to be the X factor because there's plenty of talented people all over the world, but there has to be a little something extra if you're going to get to that level. Yeah. And that's I think especially in sports, like a Cristiano has ser- transcended just being Portuguese. He is yeah. Cristiano. Messi has transcended being from South America. He is the greatest player in the world. Yeah, and let's and so talk about, let's talk about Portugal for a second, right? Like, I mean, he was close by in Galicia and like, you know, my first love a country to travel was Portugal because I went beautiful. in 2004 yeah. like to the Euros and I wanted to understand and like Portugal is not Cristiano Ronaldo like Cristiano Ronaldo is an anomaly in Portugal mm. like that personality type is bizarre I think for most Portuguese like that is not right. the type of personality traits like the type of like obviously he's beloved in a, in a, in a sense there but he's not like uh, Cristiano, he's so Portuguese. This, like, okay, this is yeah, this is the ultimate Portuguese man. And I would argue that Messi is not in a, in a lot of ways the typical Argentine, right? Like because yeah, he's so a hobby. Who would be an example of, of the opposite of that? The opposite of that, I think, would be a uh, like Ronaldo, the, the phenomenon of Brazil. I think he would definitely Ronaldinho. be Ronaldo and Ronaldinho. Um, I would say, you know, a Wayne Rooney. Very English. Yeah. <laughs> that and fucking accent. Harry Kane. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I th- and again, I think probably more are in and of, like, that culture norms, right? But, like, but I don't know, I don't know about, is Son like Hyung-min 
very yeah. Korean, or is he not so Korean? So that's this is the thing. He plays. He's very Korean in his mentality, but he grew up in Germany as well. And so he, I think his, his football style is actually very German winger-ish. Mm, mm-hmm. And so as Korean people understand Germany quite well in that cultural understanding. But Sun slips into his Koreanness as a default for everything in the way that he responds to interview questions, in he's the way Korean. that he's managed. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's Korean, Korean through and through. Yeah. And I think so that's... So yeah, he, I would say I would put him more in the category of like a Carlos Vela, which is like he's both he both is and isn't. Mm. Mm. Well, I don't know. You tell me. You you would know better. But you think so? what? Where is that? No, car, what's the well, Carlos? What's the Carlos? You said that because yeah. Son Heung-min is like you know on the field, very German in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way he was instructed, but he has these like very Korean Absolutely. personality types off off the field. And I think, although like in a different way, but Carlos is like a real mixed bag, like a real like complicated. Person. Sure, 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 sure. And so you're saying Carlos is a trail mix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we need to if look... Carl, if Carlos is a look, trail mix. We need to look no further than his relationship with the national team. And, like, you know, I've had... I think f- it's complicated, though. It's I mean, complicated. We're, we're talking about individuals that now... Exactly. You know, just like but indiv- that's my point. Like, there are the individuals that kind of break the mold of... They, you know... But it also depends on, like... At the end of the day, Carlos is Carlos even more than Carlos is Mexican. Yeah, but it, it, a lot say? of it depends on on your environment, right? Like mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy who left at 16. Yeah, and like yeah. The, the, he basically spent he's lived abroad more than he has in his home country. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, a large part of that was in Europe. Yeah. He met a girl there, and he has a family with her now. And you know, like a lot of that has changed who he is as a person. When I talked to him about Mexico, like he's still very much Mexican at heart, the very oh. same way that I'm sure his son is the same way. You know, like, but. but to your point about him having played in Germany, like, look at Serginho Dest. Like, when I see him play for the U.S. national team, I'm like, that's not an, an American byproduct of the mm. system here. Of course he's not. He, well, I've never, I don't know enough, like, interviews with him and stuff. Like, who knows how much of American culture he's absorbed or not absorbed. But on the right? field. Oh, yeah, on the field, yeah. yeah, yeah. On the field, he's... You yeah. know, and you're going to be able to say that about a lot of players on the on the on the yeah. national team. Like you've got Reyna and all these guys coming through, and you know they're spending a lot of time developing that identity, their their on field identity, totally elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Which, for the record, I I do want to say I'm like I root for multiculturalism. I think yeah, <laughs> if Yuli's experiences talking about like living in Korea and living in Spain and growing up here as well, like I love it. I I just wish everyone. I I personally feel like everyone would benefit from those sort of like very mixed sorts of experiences not everyone can have them for a variety of reasons i mean that's in essence what the greatest thing about america is right is we we have that access to we have that access but it's not always what access it's not always like to like diversity and to multiculturalism yeah i I mean it's it's at your fingertips it's just that the way you know we're we're kind of programmed is that you kind of stay within your bubbles all the time, right? right. And LA is actually pretty bubbly. Like, huh? Bubbly? So, yeah, it's very yeah. segregated. One of the most segregated places in the world, and that's kind of why, like, in essence, is what our favorite thing about LAFC is, is that we have been able to tap into, like, what's special about LA and, and America through, like, the name of football and LAFC. Yeah, because we have just about... We have a lot of cultures here, right? From Mexican to Korean, like I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but they not, rarely intertwine. But they rarely intertwine, yeah. And you know, I think 
I'm 32 years old, you know, like my parents can probably speak more to it. Your parents can probably speak more to it. But like, I don't think that this round table here would have happened 30 years ago. No. Like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Or it would have happened less frequently for sure. Or it had to be like an accident. Yeah. Than that. yeah. You know, there would be no reason to. And, you know, we can say that we're all here because of LAFC or whatever it may be, but the times definitely have changed. And I think there is more openness and more acceptance of people overall. Yeah. And for those of us, as you mentioned, Dewey's like, would it benefit people to, to travel and live abroad? Absolutely. Does everybody have the access to do that? No, it's it's not easy. You know, yeah. not everybody's situation is different. Does it make you a, a better person overall? I think so because it opens up your mind a lot. And for me, like, we're still in AAPI month, right? Like, yeah. we're we're dealing with all this shit, for lack of a better word. And you know, in my head, like, having lived in Korea and seeing this, like, I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like. I, it, it just opens up your mind that much more because now, like, if I see a Korean couple walking down the street, I'll just say hello in Korean, and, yeah, yeah. and they put a smile on their face, and it's like, that's all we need in this world sometimes. It's just Agreed. more... You said it in the interview that we did, you know? That series by Emmanuel Han, it's like, how much hate can we cast away from here? Mm. And I think a lot of times, in order to be able to do that, you need to be able to understand other cultures. And like for me and Dewey's, like for those opportunities that we had to live abroad, like there's no better way to learn about a culture than to be able to just immerse yourself in it fully, mm-hmm. and then come back and then be like, yeah, you know. I I do want to do one one soapbox moment on that front because I agree with what Yuli said. Not everyone has that opportunity, but a lot of people have that opportunity and choose to invest in different things. Yeah, for sure. So like when you fucking buy get a lease on a nice car you just choose to buy this house like there's so many there's little decisions that people make to privilege things that isolate them from other people versus like investing in something like living abroad because it isn't actually that expensive and a lot of times it's it could be i've you know Dewey's couch surf surf couches not only can you do it for free you can actually like considering how expensive it is to live in los angeles you could live for much 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 cheaper in another country dude i was on 700 euros a month in spain i survived for a month that's nothing for one month in china i tracked it once and i can fucking i'll send this to anybody who doubts me because i wanted to see how cheaply i could live in the world for a month 167 dollars and i still went out and like dated and like drank and like did all the things for a month of life but again, I mean, it's so that's my only point. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I agree. But not everyone has the access, but it's a mentality thing. I mean, it's like it is a mentality. Go, thing. Going back to access, I mean, what I brought up earlier. I mean, in essence, like doors were open, and you got to experience culture and and something different from what you normally would just by connecting with a friend. And what what I mean by access is that we we have the access to make a new Mexican friend, a new Salvadorian friend, a new Indian friend, a new Korean friend and walk into doors that you walked past your whole life, yeah. right? Because that was one of the big things when we had, um, I think in our first season, TSG yeah, hosted the, uh, yeah. the Korean barbecue night where people from, you know, like all the supporters groups pulled th- pulled up and one of them told us like, hey, I actually live in K-Town, I have my whole life, but I've never felt like I could, was walk. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. could walk in through these doors. And... And yeah, like that's that's what I mean by the access we have as Americans. Is no, like yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's really at your fingertips. It's just like, are you willing to have a conversation with someone? 
yeah. and let them take you somewhere that you never experienced. Well, it's a mentality thing as well. Exactly. Just like going abroad is like a mentality thing. I think accessing the culture you have near you is a mentality thing. And yeah, a lot of us are conditioned as yeah, we've talked also about. Also, like if you, if you go to a school as a kid, right, where everyone looks like you and maybe there isn't, or maybe you do go to a school with a lot of different mm. types of people, yeah. but you're conditioned to... No, not them, not them. You stick mm -hmm. to your own. It's not even conditioned. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if you guys, it was the same thing, but I feel like this is very similar in a lot of people is like, um, in elementary school, everyone's makes you, like, everyone yeah. doesn't really see the color, but for some reason, and I think I could kind of put my finger on it why, like, towards middle school, you start segregating more. Because I think you have this mindset where, like, oh, like, we're going to be going into big, bad middle school. And there's a little more fear. Mm. And when you have more fear, you, you're you drawn more to familiarity, right? So I think that once you go into middle school, you're like, oh, I don't know anybody. There's like a weird break in between, walking in between classes. And you gravitate towards the people that you understand their culture and, and whatnot. And for some, yeah, in middle school, when you hit puberty and shit, everyone kind of goes to, you know, that segregation, that mm. bubble that happens. Yep. In America. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. What I will say though is like having had those experiences and then coming back, it makes you because the other thing too is like a lot of people are just scared to take these opportunities, thinking that they're gonna miss. I'm not quite sure what here, like the opportunity cost that you would leave behind here. But then you come back and everything's the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, like you can get back into it good you've point. changed but good everything point. else is yeah yeah, yeah 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 i mean people are creatures of habit until you get out of the mold of what you know like your your family and friends that you could always fall back on there's yeah, holidays right like it's terrifying to miss a holiday at yeah. first but if Those you've never done it before days. you're like oh yeah. no like what oh my can i imagine like missing mm. that Valentine's but then like day. the world doesn't the world doesn't explode <laughs> when you miss it and you realize I'm like so oh wait lonely. and then you come back and it, you're right like Lead said it best, like it's the same, it, it does stay the same. The best thing I will say though, when you come back, is wanting to share those experiences mm. with others, right? To sort of open up those doors, yeah. you know, for people who may not like. I find myself wanting to take my parents to like a Korean spot mm. or you know, like my friends to like, yeah. um. The, what was the place that we went to the other the noodle place um, the color groups place yeah you know he's like hey let's take such and such to, yeah. like, well, would it's, they like it it was like who cares it's bomb like yeah. let's take yeah, yeah. them there you know and, and all of a sudden you find yourself being like an ambassador of this culture that you now is that you now sort of fell in love with because mm -hmm. it's so new and you're like oh man this is so cool this is so cool that part for me that part's like really awesome the san gabriel valley business association can uh write their letters to my address saying thank you for all the business I've brought them over the years <laughs> by dragging a lot of whites, a lot of other uh, groups of people out there to eat some. All the whites. <laughs> all the whites. The whites. Uh, and on that note, we're going to take our second break because I got to pee and we're going to come back with tea. Tea. That's the through the heaven fragrance. That is the tea time with Dweez that we're having tonight. Picked by Yuli. Enjoyed by all. So, Yuli. Yeah. This is our first time using this setup, as we've already mentioned tonight. And I'm going to do the normal routine. I'm sort of, this is kind of a bastardized tea ceremony in that 
we're basically using a Guangdong, like Southern Chinese tea, but with a Taiwanese tea tasting set. So this is like an aroma cup that I pour it into, and then you put the top on, like Slim just did, and then you flip it over, like so, and then Slim's gonna pour off the, or take off the aroma cup, smell it, get a sense of what we're drinking tonight, and then I'm gonna keep pouring you up in the smaller cup uh, over and over until you don't want tea anymore. And in case of an emergency, there will be a... <laughs> no, keep going, I like that. In case of an emergency, uh, you know, hopefully our road sweet podcaster pro. By the way, shout out to Jerry. Have we shouted him out already about this new system? Because he's the one that recommended. Let's do it again. The Podfather, Jerry, Heart of LAFC Pod, first real LAFC podcast. I'll put it out there. We miss you, Jerry. One day you're coming to the backyard in person. We've only ever had you digitally, but we can't wait to have you. I'm gonna pour up some tea, Slim, to talk about some stuff. Jerry, you're our favorite cam model. I don't know what else to talk about. Dweez is pouring the tea. Talk about the moon. This is legit. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is. What is what is today's day? Blood flower moon day. It is May 25th. Oh, my God. It's Kobe's birthday. Holy shit. I'm such a bad dad. Is it really? Yes. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm a piece of shit. So, wait. I got to flip this guy over. So, yeah. Watch. Give me one second. I'll show you. You're going to you fill up the aroma cup. It's going to get the nice aromas in there put the the tasting cup on the bottom and then you just it seems like it might spill it pr it will not spill you just flip it and then you just take off the top cup and then you smell this guy because it's a long one i can't believe i forgot my baby's birthday that's the tea that's i think the tea it's my dad's today. birthday as well so shout out dan and kobe and just start drinking that's nice and i'll just keep pouring you up yeah so uh, this is a it's a phoenix dansong oolong it's like a type of oolong tea from Guangdong, which is near Hong Kong in southern, southeastern China. Where do you get your tea from? <laughs> it's shout funny, out man. to my girl, Emen <laughs> Habitat, Tea Habitat. You know, she's in Alhambra. Oh, shout out to Emen, who just recently announced that she's doing in-person tea tastings again. Ooh. If you guys want to have a real tea time, I mean, my, my shit is like as janky as it comes. I'm doing my best over here. I'm doing my dweez best. But if you guys really want to have some fucking tea with someone, she's amazing. And she's so funny, and it's not, like, serious. She's cool as hell. You go in there, have some tea with her. She'll let you sample a bunch of different teas, and she's great. So go visit Emen in Alhambra. If you're vaccinated, she's doing in-person tea testings now. So that's we, should do a, we should do a... A pod from there. We should do something about that, Josh. In person. When we used to have Patreon. Patreon, no more, no more, no more. <laughs> <laughs> So is that the one thing that you absolutely take away from, from China's tea? So, actually, my tea stuff came before China. Hmm. Maybe maybe the tea stuff actually led to China, if we're gonna put it that in those terms. Mm. Um, I was in college. The Silk Road of Dweez. Have we started by the way? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, we started. This is this is the segment that has absolutely no. Uh, basis in reality or football or just anything. Just a little just less structure than the rest of the podcast. The other ones yeah. had structure? <laughs> no, <laughs> didn't you, couldn't you tell? Didn't you see Slim looking down at his pad? He had questions prepared for you. <laughs> the whole night he's been uh, very meticulous. A reporter, 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 reporter. I was in college and my friend Daniel Diaz, shout out to Double D, who lives down the street and uh, has, has been to Mountain and LAFC game before. He uh, worked for Starbucks 
and I would go there and I would get the coffee drinks and I would get like lit out of my mind while I was in college and finish my homework and other crazy things. <laughs> and then one day I tried tea and I was like, wow, this is way better. I feel better. It tastes better. And I just, that's when the transition started. And eventually it led me down to Little Tokyo to the Japanese green tea shop that used to be called Beeline that is now called Tea Master. That's another shop that the people familiar with the potted now. Look, if you're looking for Chinese teas, go see Iman in Alhambra. If you're looking for Japanese teas, go see Daigoro and Kanako-san in Tea, tea Master in, um, did I say Tea Master for Iman? Tea Habitat in Alhambra, Tea Master in Little Tokyo. Those are the two. And if you're just looking for poor tea, you know, Denong tea in Pasadena is the one. Korean tea, there used to be this amazing Korean shop that closed down. Pozunji. Yeah. So I don't even know now. Korea, there's, and I've promised the boys at some point I will get Korean tea on. Korea loves to drink tea. Barley tea is bigger there in terms of like caffeinated teas. They grow some green teas and produce some oolong teas. They're just not as, they don't produce as much tea as these other countries. The last big country that I love for tea is India. Mm. But there's no local tea shops that I would highly recommend people buy from. Better to buy it online. You might need to go to Artesia for that. That's one. literally what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah you might want to get Artesia. You want anything Indian, you go to Artesia. Maybe there's a maybe there's a spot in Artesia then. Well, I, I Artesia sponsored. Artesia has a whole place. <laughs> <laughs> Pioneer. Just uh, pi- yeah, Pioneer and 183rd. Yeah. Right there, uh, that whole block. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Say, so going back to what we talked about is like driving past or walking past yeah. the place and never feeling like you were allowed in until I met some some stoner-ass Indian homies that were down for that fucking Indian uh, lunch buffet. Yo, Indian friends. Bro, shout out. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to do a recommends right now. Ashoka the Great Oh, in, in Artesia is probably some of the best Indian food. All right. Have. That's down the street from me. Yes, sir. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I grew up right down the street from there. And mm-hmm. every Sunday after church, we'd go to this Chinese restaurant, actually, in Artesia. Uh, is it the one right on 183rd and South, pretty much? Uh, it's on Pioneer and... Oh, uh, VIP. VIP. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, I'm not sure. The one I've been going to, if you're looking for that uh, Chinese-Korean food fusion thing uh, around Cerritos, is uh, on Norwalk and South Street. Uh, there's a spot called Xiangwen. It's S-H-S-I-E-N-G-Y-U-E-N. Okay. Um, but yeah, they probably have the best uh, black bean noodles in in that area. So, yeah, we used to. It's it's right there, right? Mm-hmm. And so we every Sunday we'd go, we'd drive down Pioneer, and and you'd go down all these like Indian restaurants, and it just felt like such a foreign, crazy, weird thing. You know, you felt like you couldn't walk into any of these shops. Like yep. they probably look at you like you're crazy, whatever. And actually, when when Chelsea and I were living in Korea, one of the trips we took was to India. Mm. And that was a little culture shock. Wait, tell us about it. Where'd you go? You I want to talk India. I want to talk India trips. <laughs> well, India was huge, right? So we 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 were there for like a month, but we only decided to stay in the north, the west. So we hit uh, Delhi, Delhi, or even further north. Delhi's crazy, man. Yeah. We did Delhi. We did Jaipur. We did Udaipur. We did uh, Pushkar. Uh, did we do Agra? Yeah, we did Agra. Um, and then we did, uh, what else? Boy, gotta remember. But 
that sparked an entire new, you know, when we came back, I was like, let's go there, let's uh -huh. go there, let's go there, for sure, yeah. That's dope, yeah. And, yeah, I definitely get it. And speaking of teas, when we were in India, chai, man. Chai, 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 chai. Oh, man. Everywhere. Yeah, Those everywhere. little clay cups. Yeah, and it's insanely good. Probably way too much sugar, but so good. So, yeah, I... I also went to India. Oh, man. I did about a month as well. I did a little bit of the air you did, but then I also did Calcutta and Darjeeling. So Darjeeling is yeah. above Calcutta, and Darjeeling is like, you know, one of the fam famous Indian tea-growing regions or whatever. But, dude, India. India just, India hits different, man. In, India yeah. is like, so I met, a, I met a guy there. I think he was from Ireland. He only travels to India. <laughs> so that's the because like that's how that's like how much of a universe it is in in and of itself, and he would go down there for like, he would just go down for like six months at a time, like every every like year or year and a half he would just like go for six months to India and I was like why don't you go and he's like, he's like I'm never gonna get to the bottom of India yeah mm. like there is no bottom like yeah. he'll he'll be traveling there for the rest of his life wow because it's it is that like, yeah it's. And, and the people you meet that are traveling through is crazy. They'll have the craziest stories. We met a guy from, I think he was from New Zealand, and he basically started at the southernmost tip of, uh, of India. He bought a bike, this really beautiful, I'm not a bike guy, so I can't tell you what it was, but it was this beautiful motorcycle. Mm. And um, we, met, we ran into him in Udaipur, which is like in the north almost. And he said he had started in the south he bought it just trekking all the way through and i was like what are you gonna do with the bike he's like i'm just gonna get a storage place store it up and then i'll just, just come, come back come back grab it and just continue wow motorcycle like, diaries i was like damn it's beautiful man what 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 um yo wait hold on i know i've seen videos of traffic in india like this was just riding well, around a bike over the, there this the big cities delhi is insane like apps i would Nothing against, you know, anyone who may be from Del Delhi sucked. <laughs> Delhi was crazy. Too many people, man. Crazy, man. It's crazy. But yeah, India was eye-opening for sure. What stuck with you about that culture and the people? The first thing you noticed, and Dewey's, you may agree with me, like, look, I've traveled to Central American, Latin American countries, you know, um, my parents are from Mexico, so, like, my parents come from a really small town, like, you want to talk about, like, poverty, like, you can't compare poverty in most countries to India. Like in India, you're just like, whoa, real, whoa, right? Yeah, and now, that, yeah, yeah, and it just puts a lot of stuff into perspective. Like, yeah. if you're complaining about a new iPhone, like pff, that quickly, you know, sets you straight. So that was like the very first thing I noticed, just like the disparity. Like, you want to talk about wealth inequality in the U.S.? Like, in India, it's insane, mm. and so it really puts you in your place and really makes you sort of be grateful for a lot of stuff um but then also the people like despite that they still have this incredibly vibrant rich culture mm. and that's reflected in, in everything from their clothes to their food to their traditions to their religion to yeah, yeah it's wild i mean the whole thing with the cows on the streets like it, it's everything you're like whoa in a lot of ways it feels like you sort of time travel a little bit like a hundred years ago it's, a, it's as if they lived the way they lived like a hundred years ago interesting yeah, I think there's 
I don't know if these statistics are still accurate, but at least when I was there or whatever, it's like India has one third of the world's poor, like in that one mm. country. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, Cambodia, right? Like that's another like really poor country, which has, they, there's certain like types of problems that those countries have that like, you know, other countries don't have to deal with just because the scale of like the impoverished popu- population, like it's a different uh, country, but you know, in, in Cambodia, like uh, there's like huge problems with like lightning strikes, like, and there's huge problems with like acid attacks. Like mm. when there's like disagreements, like people, will th- you know, s- domestic disagreements, or whatever people like throw acid on each other. There's obviously like lots of human <coughs> trafficking and just like the scale of the problems like changes once like certain like poverty levels and it's similar in India although there's tremendous wealth in India too, which you do see, but like the contrast is so severe. Yeah. And I mean I'm not I am not and I don't know if I portray myself as this on the pot I hope not but I'm not like this global good do gooder like who goes around like volunteering and stuff but one of the places I did volunteer was in India and I went to like a leper, a place, you know like a leper colony or, or like a leper community, like where leprosy like is still a problem, right? Like leprosy is a problem in India. Just like think about that. Like leprosy is something we like read about and, yeah. you know, so we, and I went and like, you know, you like help them like shave, like I like shaved this man, you know, like leaning over and like actually dragging the blade against his neck. And like, you know, I'll probably like never ever do something like that again. Not because I don't want to, just like that, like where else is that? You know, yes, yeah. in the healthcare industry, if you were a nurse, you probably do things like that all the time. But I'm saying, like, I'm a guy off the street who just, like, <laughs> volunteered because it was down the street from my friend's place. And um, they were like, yeah, shave this guy. It's like, huh? Like, and that's the type of, like, you know, because it's, like, it's that, it's that everywhere all the time that, like, things are there to be done mm. if you, like, want to help. And um, it's sort of, like, sprawling in that sense. And there's just, like, phenomenal phenomenal food like so so many interesting things about history like the layers like you know the different like religious traditions that come from there um the river ganges where like they you know they send the bodies and all of that um yeah i i like you said it's like i had things that stuck with me there that like will be with me forever i hope i could go back someday because i like you said you only visited that one region i only visited like a very i didn't even get to go to the south at all so yeah no it's a crazy country in a good way yeah like in a very good way there's so many like yeah i don't want to i don't want it to make it sound like it's only poverty no 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 no. it's it's beautiful it's yeah it's i would i would go back for sure Mm. well should we get into some recommendations to to run us out can i uh can i ask a question before we get there oh you can ask something something tells me recommendations are it's towards the end yeah yeah go ahead (laughs) what are we asking can't wait. We don't really get asked a lot of questions. You know who the last, the last person I, who, who, who posed the question before they asked <laughs> the question that I really liked is Rich's mom. Remember, she's like, it's my turn. I'm going to interview you guys yeah, now. Yeah, she came with the really questions. Yeah, she really like turned it. Well, I guess, you know, I hope uh, it's not one of her questions then. Um, I'll flip it. I'll, I'll uh, twist uh, one of our, my favorite Richisms. Uh, not YLFC, but YFCFC pod. Um, all right, I guess I'll go first. Um, I think when we started it, it was just there was a story that needed to be told about 
the community that we've been part of for the past however long before we started doing this. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of like like you said, when you come back from another country and you want to share like all the good things about it and, and kind of become an ambassador for it. I think we had that same feeling where um, LAFC had given us so much as far as like friendships and and experiences that we we like couldn't help but to find a way to share those stories with the rest of the people that are you know interested in this or not um and then from there it just kind of grew into i mean therapy for us on a weekly basis and and um you know kind of went into a lot of different directions where we just kind of decided to talk about whatever we want to talk about because we realized that uh, the community is broader than just LAFC and, and football. Silence. Josh Pice. <laughs> uh, great question. Great question. I'm thinking about it. I think it's, uh, yeah, a lot of what Sam said was no one, no one was getting the story right. Besides for the the man sitting on my right, Dweez here, who in painstaking detail wrote about every supporter group in such loving fashion. I mean, I'm sure the the assignment was for a 700-word piece. He came back with, like, close to, like, 13,000 on, like, the history of Koreatown and and, and, and the roots here in Los Angeles. And so there's part of that, right? It's like we want to tell the story correctly in our own lens, and I think there was no one better to do it. we felt really equipped to do it in, the, in that way. Uh, but at the second one, I can't, I am so surprised by how much I needed this. As Sam said, as a, as a mental health break, as a, we get to hang out in our friend's backyard every Tuesday and, and talk through the feelings that we're having for not only club, but for country and for life, you know? And so um, this is one of my favorite parts of the week, man, honestly so. And... I can see why. Yeah, it's just we we, 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 we drink, we smoke, we get to, to have some tea at the end and talk to some of our, 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 our best friends and the interesting parts of whatever we're in, whoever we're interested in comes to the backyard and gets to gets to participate, you know. And I think um, I love that man. I love that so much, and so I do um, truly appreciate that and happier a happier man for it. I think for me, it's an excuse. To serve everyone tea. (laughs) (laughs) And it's an excuse to have people on and ask them questions that I wouldn't get to normally. Um, It's an excuse to get to know Josh and Sam better. Mm. It's an excuse to make people come over to my house and hang out with me so I don't feel alone. yeah, like, we joke sometimes about, like, oh, yeah, like, sponsor the pod, like, when we get money for the pod or whatever. Dude, it's a, it's an excuse to, like, buy a bunch of expensive equipment now. <laughs> just for this, just for our, like, good times for fun. Yeah. Like, without any real concern about, like, an ROI. I, like, we joke about, like, you know, and, like, you know. We do probably, hopefully, you know, what if I to sponsor these kinds of things. But at least for me personally, I can only speak for myself. It's just an excuse to do, like, a bunch of stuff for the sake of it, for its own sake. I like that. And um, it's so rare, like, growing up in this country and, like, living in a 
late capitalist society where you were allowed to do something for its own sake. Like, I, I actually really, truly can say, like, I have zero ulterior motives for FCFC. There's nothing that I'm trying to parlay into anything. When we have someone over, I'm not trying to, like, do you know what I mean? Like, so many things that I do in my life, yeah. I do because of another thing. But I do FCFC for its own sake. I would say, to an extent, it's even a little bit more pure than my love for LAFC. Because sometimes when I go to LAFC, I want to see them win. I want, yeah, I want something out of it. And in a lot of ways, when I sit down to do, like, FCFC, I don't really want anything out of it mm. versus, like, what it is, like, the experience that we're having right now. And um, more that's more very could rare. You possibly want. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that pretty much hits it on the head. I mean, we have to say, like, as hosts here, we are in rare company of Yuli because um, Yuli also did a, did a lot of legwork for editing the, the Mauricio video. Um, after he passed and um, you know as soon as you know when he when he passed like we started doing the rounds or just you know text back and forth and all that but then eventually we started listening to the podcast that we had him on and um, we have the man's spirit here on audio format on a soundcloud link forever that's crazy and i do not take that for granted yeah that's cool you know what i'm saying like and everyone we met from like David Kim running for, for, for electoral office here in the backyard, having Larry Berg here the weekend before, you know, and, like, us talking through COVID on the record, you know, of us just essentially talking, shooting shit with each other. Like, I will value that for the rest of my life. I've come to a point where, like, I've never built, thought about building legacy for TSG because um, I'm, like, we're just in the, in the, in the mud of it right now, but... Now I'm like, oh, fuck, where are these old pins? Where are all these old T-shirts? Because, like, I want to keep a record of this stuff that we were here, you know? And I think um, we've been able to, <laughs> without sponsor money, without anything else, inviting people we love and admire. With crypto money. With crypto money. <laughs> Wait, where's that crypto money? Buy the dip. Buy the dip. It's still dipping, y'all. Buy the dip. It's have any more money to buy the dip. We're going to wait, and then we'll buy the dip again. But it's, damn, like, we... I get to go back to to the, that audio anytime I want, and um, man, that's that's priceless. Yeah, I mean, uh, look. First of all, like I want to say thanks for for even inviting me to come out here. I know you mentioned it to me two weeks ago, and I was supposed to come last week. Something came up, but here I am, and I was like, man, what are we gonna talk about? And should I bring anything? Should I bring my camera? Should we like do this? I don't know. <laughs> And Chelsea goes, just go and just sit and just enjoy, just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, like, yeah. just go and hang out. And I was like, all right, yeah. So I'm sitting here, and I love the format, by the way. Very free-flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Put away your notebook, son. But, um, no, I mean, look, this is awesome because in a lot of ways, you know, we've touched on so many different things tonight. And, yeah. you know, whether that stems from just your genuine interest in doing this and hanging out with people and serving people tea, which is awesome. Or if it, it stems from LAFC and the supporter groups that you guys are a part of or whatever it may be, like it, the fact that it all kind of comes back and ends here and, and it's at this table, like this is awesome. Uh, positive affirmation makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's move on to recommendations. Bask in it, Slim. <laughs> Thanks for saying that, Yuli. No, yeah, I, 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 it doesn't make me uncomfortable. 
white people. <laughs> the whites, the whites, the whites. All oh, that positivity. Whites, whites. Fuck your participation trophies. FCFC recommends. Is that your recommendation? No. Actually, I'm just going to go on with my recommendation because it just goes off of like what we were talking about today. But it's the world's opening up again. I, I highly recommend if you have a little bit of time and figure out your budget, do some traveling. Go somewhere you've never been or go visit a friend you, you haven't seen in a while because they've ventured off to a new land. But experience something new because we've, you know, been in, like, you know, I'm not going to downplay prison, but we've all been kind of in our own little, you know, prisons over the last year. And, and life is still happening. We just got to go search for it. Do you have somewhere you're going to go? I'm going to Costa Rica at the end of June for What are you going to do in Costa Rica? Bachelor party, bachelor party, bachelor party. <laughs> Scumbag gang, what's up? If you guys could all see Slim when he talks in front of the mic that way. <laughs> Video coming soon. Scummy gang for life. Video coming soon. Video coming soon. Video coming soon. Video coming soon. <laughs> Spice, do you have a recommendation? Yeah. Um... For those who get, who get to know me a little bit, you know I'm obsessed. I am obsessed with chiropractic back-cracking videos. They put me to sleep at night. I have found the greatest one. <laughs> I thought you were going to recommend a place. Man. No, 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 no. I, this is, this, the place is YouTube.com. <laughs> you're going to look up first. You're going to look up Dr. Ian Chiropractic. He's out of Australia. Incre- he's, a, he's a sage. He's a wizard. He's a saint. He may be Jesus walking among us. The second, that's more Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube friendly, is Dr. Tubio, Filipino cat out of Texas, who's just an incredible, not only chiropractic man, a wizard, but also he must have one hell of a video editor on his team because I am living it up. <laughs> there are there are hundreds of comments being like, Dr. Tubio, I've been trying to book an appointment with you. This is our direct results, baby. There's a call to action. Come see me in Houston or near Houston. Get your neck cracked. Get your back cracked. Feel good again. Get back to balance. You're not even... <laughs> get your neck cracked. You're not even saying your go, go to the chiropractor. You're telling people to watch a fucking video, dog. Can it be both? That's the first step. It can be both. Watch, follow at Dr. Tubio on Instagram. Or find him on YouTube, or find Doctor Ian. But um, Doctor Bill Popper, you will not regret it. That's a good. <laughs> that was a I, I really didn't expect that. Read a recommendation. Did you know that about him? About the chiropractor no. videos and all that. I watched, I, I watched those in Pokemon walkthroughs. You know what, though? <laughs> is, that, wait, is that the 3 a.m. like rabbit hole YouTube? Spice oh, spends yes, a lot of time on YouTube compared was that, to wasn't your whole pre- Wasn't your whole preamble, if you know me, you know that I love chiropractor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I you know, know you, deeply. and I, oh, I don't know you deep enough, I guess. We're about to get there. <laughs> Watch the fucking video. You just got there. <laughs> oh, boy. Yuli, Yuli. Uh, let's see. As you can tell, it can be your recommendation can be absolutely <laughs> fucking anything. Um, well, for starters, if you're vaccinated, I've got a great recommendation for you this Saturday at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. in downtown L.A. What's going on? Dude, this isn't even going to be out before then. Come on, we take forever with you. This is going to be out in like a month. <laughs> on June 19th. We'll be <laughs> uh, no, just because we're in we're we're in the area. Um, I found out about this place because of LAFC. We did it. We did a shoot there. But La Gelaguetza mm. in K Town is incredible. That place. I mean, don't go there with two people. Go with like 
eight. Mole, 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 mole. It's incredible. I mean, it's like a, I don't know if you guys have been. It's like an authentic Oaxaqueño. Yes, like. <laughs> deep breath. It's hey, good. also, it's good. Great fucking bar in there too. If you great just want to chill at the bar and hang out, drink some tequila and enjoy some mole, it's incredible. One of the best, like just pure bars, bar scenarios in Cape Town as well. Mm-hmm. One of the owners, I believe Fernando, might be his name. Uh, huge LAFC guy as well. Yes, met him at an away day actually. Seattle. Maybe was that the first game? Yes, I think that's what it was. Good guy. Must be nice. Good recommendation. Great recommendation. Slim. Seattle Slim. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do a twofer. Ooh. Uh, Selfish. The first one <laughs> is gonna be one for all my my people who love stories out there. We have a lot of stories. God, is this gonna be the Seneca podcast again? God, I wish it was the Seneca <laughs> podcast again. If I could just recommend the Seneca podcast oh, every no. week, and we'd all just get more informed about. I didn't know. China, China, the, China. The country that is changing the world. China. Yes. Seneca Pod. Uh, that's three. I'm going to get three recommendations now. A swim in the pond in the rain is the name of the book. Oh, I thought you were telling me to go swim in the, the pond, pond in the rain. I was like, if there's lightning, that's not safe. A swim <laughs> in the pond in the rain is the name of the book that is based on a story called Gooseberries from the 1800s by... I believe Chekhov. Chekhov. This book, not, not Chekhov. His name is Chekhov. Chekhov. Anton Chekhov. Anton Chekhov. Tolstoy is got two stories in here. So it's it's a it's a um, George Saunders who's a fiction a short story. And Syracuse graduate and a Syracuse uh, professor. I can't even believe I didn't put that connection together until I'm sitting next to my man here. Um, yes, George Saunders is a Syracuse man. He's also probably the best uh, English language short story writer in the last. You know, a couple decades, for my estimation, Sheesh. he wrote a book called "A Swim on the Pond in the Rain," which is seven stories by Russian nineteenth-century authors, eighteen hundreds. Which he'll take a break after each short story and explain and talk about like what happens in the story, what that makes it great, uh-huh. and whether you're a reader, just you love reading, or you l- love writing and telling stories, it's incredibly instructive on both on both sides and it's so wild to know that these stories came you know this is before film this is before motor motor vehicles this is like before airplanes and these stories are like still super relevant they resonate Uh and they're relevant they're resilient uh today and it's just a phenomenal book it's I, i tore through it it's like it was sort of like being in school again in the best way in the best sense of that word so you were at lunch that's the only good part of school. Uh, that's like the other recommendation, shout out to You're Walter. Jerk. Our boy jerk Walter. Off. Our boy Check Walter. <laughs> shout out to our, I, I did do it to myself when, with names like Chekhov. But um, Walter from the, what is the drum, the drum, the 3252 drum? Isn't there a new Instagram? Uh, drum. Soul of LAFC. Soul no. of LAFC. Look, he's part of the jump. He's also part of the Expos. Walter is a great guy. We've had him on the podcast recently. Him, Josh, and I went over to Otomi-san, <laughs> which is right there in Boyle Heights. For those who didn't know, Boyle Heights used to be a heavily Japanese area um, at different phases in Los Angeles' history. And one of the oldest restaurants in that area still stands. They Their portions are gratuitous. Mm, Josh Bice has a, had an unagi bowl there. Uh, it's delicious. The ladies, it's sweetheart. It has, like, this really old 
feeling just being in that building is great and they serve decent food and i'm going to japan for two months on saturday and hey. so i uh, just wanted to <laughs> leave my people who are going to miss me with a little a little taste of of japan that they can go enjoy in the by the time you hear this podcast Dweez will be back <laughs> here <laughs> <laughs> the follow-up interview will be here uh i'll add another recommendation to Hit that it. actually hey. down the street papa christos uh, yeah uh, two Greek. K-Town staples, Thursday bro. night. Thursday nights at Papa Christmas. Did you ever go? No. Do you guys know about Thursday no. nights at Papa Christmas? No. Recommend Christos? the recommendation. What's going on? <laughs> Actually, I want to I let, let Yuli finish it. I'm done. I jump on. That's oh, all there is. What do you order at Papa Christmas? <laughs> or do you shop at the market? Oh, Both. advance. Wow. Okay. Advanced. Come on, man. You can't go there and not get a fucking giant Yido and then grab a bunch of stuff from the market. Fucking get some out. olives? Let's fucking go. Yeah, dude. Grab a bottle of wine, some olives, Ooh. a couple sweets, some baklava. Baklava. Papa Christos puts the Byzantine in Byzantine Latino quarter. Yes. And right there on Normandy and Pico, we have Papa Christos. Okay, Thursday nights at Papa Christos. I started doing this in college back in like 2005, 2006. I haven't been for a long time, probably since like 2012, 2013. It's still good. But they... Uh, they do these Thursday night all-you-can-eat family dinners, and it's like if anyone's ever been what to like, it's like a church event or like a you know some organization, service organization, Boy Scouts event, whatever. They have these big like, you know, put the tablecloths over good. like long tables, and it's just all you can eat mm. and all you can drink wine. What like, it was it was for like fifteen or twenty bucks. I forget. And it's just It's just it's just absurd how much you can eat there. But the best part isn't like the price or the food. It's that you're sitting you know side by side with like members of the community that have been going for however many years they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. you always get into like hilarious conversations because like you a have giant community dinner yeah exactly and you, you like have to sit next to people like yeah. it's too small of a space for you know it's a big thing but there's always someone you know you're gonna get into a conversation at some yeah, point yeah, yeah. and it's gonna be funny and i can assure you that it's gonna be very enjoyable i mean it's covid times i'm very doubtful that they do it right now but when things get opened back up here by the time this pod comes out <laughs> then maybe it'll be open again. And hopefully they still have those Thursday night dinners. Show uh, up on fucking Thursdays. Tell them FCFC sent you. They will give you nothing in return. <laughs> they will say, what are you talking about? And in fact, leave my story. <laughs> that sounds Family offensive. Dinner, Did you just Papa call Christos. me a name? Yeah. We should host one there. That'd be fucking incredible. Mm. It'll just be For the, the culture. four of us. And I'll like yeah, that. With uh, all the all Greek <laughs> men I'm in the coming world. to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Good recommendation. On that note, this has been another episode of the FCFC pod. Thanks for listening. We love you. Fuck off. It's hard to pour out of my left hand of the guy won, but I'm going to do my best. Guy won, guy won, guy won. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FC, FC. FC, FC.